0: The thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Ose Yao Afuakwa. Pastor Afuakwa is the general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry in Kumase, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory Success and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. This
1: month shall be for you a season of open doors. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. He said, Furthermore, when I came to Troas to preach Christ's gospel. A door was opened unto me of a Lord. This man, God who opened doors for you. In the book of Revelations, we are told, he says, write this letter to the angel of a church in Philadelphia. The King James said, the New Living Translation. This is the message from the one who is who is true. The one who has the key of David. What he opens, no one can close. And what he closes, no one can open. Look at that. Verse number eight. I know all the things at door for you. May God see the things you do this month. It's very important you appreciate it. Scripture must always be read in its proper context. Promises must be claimed in their proper setting. There are many promises people claim and they never materialize in their lives. Why? Because they... Claim them out of context. He says, I have the key. I have what it takes to give you the breakthrough. Or the blessing you desire. But there is a condition to it. I am watching out for your works. Praise God. I am watching out for what? Your works. King James says, I know your works. And based on your works, I have set before thee an open door. That's what King James says. I know your works. Verse 8. I know your works. Behold, because your works have been justified and they've been worthy, I have set before thee an open door. This month, don't limit yourself to your doors. Open up yourself and engage with the works. And this month will be focusing on one of the most important works that connect us to a limitless open doors. So, it's important. I have said before thee. Somebody say, I have said before thee. I have set before thee an open door based on how I see your west going. And this month, everyone shall enter his home. So, we'll be running with a series of maximizing the opportunity to win souls. Maximizing. That is one platform God connects us to limitless blessings. Most people don't know that winning souls for the Lord is an opportunity. Is what? It's an opportunity. What is soul winning? When we talk about soul winning, we are simply talking about a divine opportunity to partner with God in reconciling a lost world unto himself. Somebody say a divine opportunity soul winning is a divine opportunity to partner with god second corinthians chapter 5 verse 18 to 19 a divine opportunity to partner with god in reconciling a wealth, a lost wealth unto himself the bible says all things are of god who had reconciled us to himself and has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation he said to wit that god was in christ reconciling the world unto himself and has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. This is work God himself came to do and because he loves us so much and he wants to bless us so far, He has made us partners. He has brought us into union with him so that we can work with him in reconciling a lost world unto himself. I see you engaging actively in it. Give me a believing amen. Dr. Billy Graham said the chief duty and privilege of the Christian is soul winning. The chief duty and privilege. That's the opportunity I'm talking about. So soul winning is a privilege. It is what? Somebody say it is a great privilege for me to win souls for God. It's a great privilege. The Bible said it's a great privilege. In fact, working with God in itself is a privilege. And getting people saved is a great privilege. What does soul winning involve? Soul winning involves three things. One, it involves reaching people for Christ. Somebody say reaching people for Christ? Reaching people for Christ. That's number one. Number two, soul winning involves bringing people to Christ. And then soul winning involves keeping people in Christ. Until you have done these three things, you have no- can reach people for Christ. And then They don't bring such a person to Christ. Others also bring people to Christ. But they go to sleep and they don't maintain the people in Christ. So when it involves three main things. It involves reaching people for Christ. According to John chapter 15 verse 16. He says you have not chosen me. I have chosen you. And I have ordained thee to go and bring forth fruit. And that your fruit should abide. Praise God. So you are going and you are bringing, and you are keeping. May the grace to do that rest upon you. Amen. Shout a better amen. Why is so winning such an uncommon? he's praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance. Somebody say a door of utterance. Paul saw preaching as a door of opportunity. He said that God will open Colossians uh, four three An opportunity to share the gospel. Why did he see it? I am not sure many people will naturally see it as such. But Paul saw it as a door. When we talk about open door, people think about, oh, getting your visa and traveling abroad. Getting a new car. getting That's the thing they think about. But it is also a great open door. When God gives you an opportunity to be in the same room with someone. As your roommate in the university who is not born again. As your roommate in the polytechnic who is not born again. As your roommate or coursemate who is not born again. It's not by accident that you happen to be in a class with somebody who when he comes to class all that he makes is that he's living a perverse life without God in his life and without Jesus as his Lord. I'm not communicating somebody here. It's, It's a real privilege. When you see that you must see it as an opportunity. That you are working in an office and one of your colleagues is married but he prefers to hang out with young ladies outside somewhere and then return home very late at night, it's an opportunity that you have to know somebody like that. Praise God. God gave you that opportunity so that through you, such a person will come to know the Lord. Soul winning is one of the greatest opportunities we have in Christ. Two reasons why you must seize this opportunity because it's a great opportunity. Somebody say a great opportunity. Let me show you why I believe so. winning is a great opportunity. John 15 verse 16. John 15, 16. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained thee to go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you ask, it shall be that whatsoever you ask of the father, he may give it. Take note of whatsoever you ask of the father. Somebody say whatsoever you ask that's where the real opportunity is. Because most of us, if you had the opportunity of asking somebody who is in a higher authority, let's say in another, the president of Ghana, or you met Trump and he asked you, he, he told you, uh, ask me whatever you want. It will be amazing the things people ask. Some people will ask, give me placements. Make me the board chair of this. Give me a job in this place. Some will ask Trump for a green card. The one that cannot be revoked under any circumstance. All kinds of things. Now, you see, this is Trump who is limited. After Trump can give you a green card, another president will come. And if the executive order was not powerful, that executive order can be revoked. This is a human being whose authority and capacity is limited. But... When he gives you this privilege, I'm sure we will see it a lot. But God says, go, bring forth fruit, keep them in, and then whatsoever. Take note, whatsoever. Somebody say whatsoever. Whatsoever. When soul winning becomes your lifestyle, this is how God relates with you. Whatsoever that concerns you becomes his concern. Am I communicating here? Whatsoever. Let me show you a few instances. In Bible times, I realized that a number of people had certain encounters. And most of the times, in Bible times, people, very few people had this rare opportunity of being given the privilege of asking whatever they wanted. Very few people. And those who had it, had it on the account of having to do something by their own volition. They were not told specifically what to do. But maybe by some intuition or by some uh, serendipity, they got to do something that brought them into that favor. A few people had such opportunity. One of them was Solomon. First Kings chapter three verse, three to five. The Bible said, now King Solomon went to Gibeon to sacrifice. For that was the great high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. Solomon had been installed king, and then he had to make sacrifice. He was required by the Lord to offer one bull. He decides, I'm going to do a thousand bulls. And then he offered one thousand bulls for the Lord as a sacrifice. Then the Bible says in the verse number five. And at Gibeon the Lord appeared in a dream to Solomon by night and said, Ask what I shall give thee. Did you see that? He sacrificed. God came and said, ask what I shall give thee. That's unique. That is like whatsoever you ask. Can you see the difference? It's it's similar. Whatsoever you ask. Again, we see Queen Esther. Queen Esther on the third day of the fast, Esther put on her royal robes and entered the court palace just across from the king's hall. The king was sitting on his royal throne. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Facing the facing the entrance. That is Esther 5, 1, 2, 3. When he saw Queen Esther standing there in the inner court, he welcomed her and held out the gold scepter to her. So Esther approached and touched the end of the scepter. Then the king asked her, What do you want, Queen Esther? What is your request? I will give you even if it is half of my kingdom. Amazing. Somebody say amazing. 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 Now, this this man said, I will give you even half of my kingdom. Now, mind you, he was promising Esther according to his capacity. What the promise he gave Esther was based on his capacity. And he could give, the greatest he could give was the kingdom which he had. And because he was not ready to dethrone himself, he said, Esther, I can give you so much, but it will not be more than half of my kingdom. But here you are. You are before the God of all opportunities. You are here before the God of heaven and the earth. You are here before God. Who, can, who has capacity to do all things. The Bible said, I'm the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And he says, go, bring, keep in. And then, whatever you ask. Praise God. Whatever you ask. That's how unique this privilege of winning souls is. That's how unique. Number two, why we must win souls? Because God loves souls. God loves lost souls. Somebody say, God loves lost souls. There's nothing God loves like lost souls. The Bible said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. If it was just one person who needed salvation, Jesus would have come anyway. God loves lost souls so bad. Sometimes they annoy us, sometimes they provoke us, sometimes we criticize them, sometimes we insult them. But when God sees them, his heart is full of love and compassion for them. God loves lost souls. And in this year, when we are talking about loving God, you can't claim to be a lover of God when you are not in love for lost. You are not you are not in love with lost souls. God loves lost souls, and as a lover of God, you must love lost souls. Receive a great hunger and passion for the lost. Shout a to believe in amen. Romans chapter 5 verse 6 to 8. The Bible says for while we were yet, with, while we were still without strength, while we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrate his love. Verse 8. God demonstrate his love toward us that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners. While we were yet God loves lost souls. God loves lost souls. How profitable is the business of lost souls? Because you know so is a business. Do you know it's a business? Soul winning is a business. Jesus came. He said, don't you know that I must be about my father's what? Business. So his father's business was soul winning. It was big time business for him. As a business, how profitable is soul winning? Three. One, soul winning is profitable to God. Number two, soul winning is profitable to you. Number three, soul winning is profitable to the world. Soul winning is profitable to God. Is profitable to you and is profitable to the world. How profitable is soul winning to God? Number one, soul winning brings joy to God. Soul winning brings what? Joy to God. Somebody say joy to God. Every time a sinner gets saved, Jesus, God is happy. The Bible said there is joy in heaven. When one sinner gives his life to Christ, then when multitudes who don't need salvation are celebrated, Every time we come for service and an altar call is made and even a single soul gets saved. We may not see it as much but heaven throws a party. This month, may there be a party in heaven to your credit. May there be a party in heaven to your credit. Luke 15, 7 and Luke 15, 10. There is joy in heaven over one sinner. Number two, soul winning positions you for speedy ancestral prayer. Jesus said, go bring and then whatever you ask shall be given. So, your, your key to speedy answers to prayer. You meet people they say, I've been praying and praying and praying and praying and I have not heard God. Stop praying for yourself. Start praying for souls. I heard testimony of people who were believing God for the fruit of a womb. Prayed for years and they were not getting a child. They say, well, we prayed for children we are not getting we will start praying for souls and then they started praying for souls and without even praying about their own issue god stepped in and gave them multiple children you can pray for souls and God. Will, you see, that is God's greatest habit. That is his greatest concern. So when his concern becomes your concern, then you are in for a, a bigger blessing. I see his blessings coming to you. So, winning positions you for speedy answers to prayer. Number three. So on, on God's part, it brings him joy. On your part, answers to prayer. What does soul winning do for the world? Soul winning number three. It's a principal key for global peace and quietness. Everybody is concerned about terrorism. There's nobody who is not concerned. If you travel or you intend to travel, you should be concerned. In fact, the more advanced your nation is, the greater the risk of being terrorized. Those of you who want to travel to America, may the Lord be with you. Amen. Yeah, they, are, they seem to be very severe, secure and highly uh, civilized, but that is where the greatest risks are also. You can be in Kenya for business and you will know maybe you are Professor know. just going to the mall to buy something. They appear there, you are gone. It's a very sad It could happen to just anybody, and everybody is concerned. If you are not concerned, it means you are not a global citizen. If you are a global citizen, you'll be concerned about world peace and security. And mind you, world peace can be when UN has been there for a very long time, close to 70 years or plus. What have they done exactly what have they done if they were strong enough to bring world peace would have gained world peace a long time ago but there's still trouble everywhere almost in every year there's a new war coming up in one nation or the other the key to world peace and security tranquility and quietness is the salvation of lost souls. We are told in First Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 to 4. He said, I exhort therefore that prayers, supplication, giving of thanks be made for all men. King James, please. He says, for kings and for all that are in authority. Why pray for kings? And by Donald Trump can send the world into all. Pray for kings and pray that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. How are we going to lead a godly and uh, peaceable life? For this is good and acceptable before God. Verse 4. Who will have all men saved? When all men are saved, there will be peace. When all men are saved, there will be what? Peace. All these uh, uh, Osama associates, Al-Qaeda associates, and now ISIS associates, wherever they are, what they need it's not a political dialogue. What they need is transformation of the heart. When Jesus enters your heart, immediately change becomes the natural thing. The Bible said, if any man be in Christ, all things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Until the Prince of Peace becomes your personal Lord and Savior, you can never experience true and lasting peace. That's where it begins from. And that's where we have the privilege to partner with God in getting this business done. How do we then win souls for the Lord? In this service, I'll focus on one thing. Next week, I'll touch on another. And then one, one after the other. One is by praying ceaselessly for lost souls. We have to pray. Somebody say pray. Pray. Say pray. pray. Pray ceaselessly for lost souls. Most of the time when people hear Prayer without season. They think about praying for themselves. If you are thinking about praying for yourself without ceasing, I wonder what you'll be praying about. Yeah, if it is just about you, me, myself, and I, pray without ceasing, what will you be praying about? Praying about. Even when we say do personal supplication. After thinking about one, two, three things, you see that your mind is gone blank. You can't remember many things about yourself. When he talks about praying without ceasing, he talks about comprehensive prayer. Praying for yourself, praying for others, praying for the advancements of the kingdom of God. Look at what Apostle Paul said, Romans chapter 10 verse 1. He said, my endless prayer, brethren, my heart desire, and prayer to God for Israel is that they might all be seated. What's your greatest desire for Ghana? What's your greatest desire for those up north? What's your greatest desire for people in your village? What's your greatest desire for people from your tribe? What's your greatest desire for people from your background? Their aristocratic background you come from. Where everything godly is downplayed on and despised. What's your greatest desire and prayer for them? Paul said, my greatest prayer and desire is that they might be saved. Israel might be saved. I pray that that will become your passing from today. May that become your passing from today. The prayer work for salvation of souls is every believer's work. Somebody say, every believer's work. It's every believer's work. All of us are called to pray. All of us are called to partner with God. We are to pray for lost souls. How do we pray for lost souls? One, We we must pray for all lost souls wherever they may be. All lost souls. Somebody say, All lost souls. All All lost 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 souls. souls. The Bible said that we should pray. First of all, I exhort that prayers, supplication. First Timothy 2, prayers, supplication, giving of thanks be made for all men. All men. All men means all men. Wherever they may be. When we are praying, we must pray for the loss in China, the loss in India, the loss in uh, Pakistan, the loss everywhere they may be, the loss in Chichi, uh, the loss in, uh, 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 what do you call it, Hohoi, the loss in Jasekai, the loss in uh, Nandoli, the loss in anywhere you can think about. Can somebody give me an amen here? Amen. We have to pray for all lost souls. Number two everywhere they may be, we must pray for specific lost souls we are in contact with. Those in your class, those who are your friends, those who are in your vicinity, pray for them. Pray for them. The students you teach who are not born again, pray for them. Say, pray for them. The the, the patients you take care of, some of them are loaded, but they are not born again. Pray for them. The people you administer drugs to in your pharmacy, pray for them. Those clients whose legal cases you address, pray for them. Those you are in personal contact with, the, your neighbors, the people around you, pray for them. The Bible says we should pray for all of such people. And number three, we must pray ceaselessly for lost souls. Colossians 1.3, we are to pray ceaselessly for lost souls. Colossians 1.3, he says, And we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. Pray ceaselessly for them. Pray ceaselessly for them. Receive grace to be in prayer. That's what we'll be doing this week when we fast and we are praying. We're praying for the lost. We're praying for the lost. Five ways prayer works to bring salvation to lost souls. Five ways. I will touch on a few and then continue in the next service. Five ways prayer works to bring salvation to lost souls. One, prayer binds the strong man and frees his captives. It binds the strong man and the strong man here is Satan. It binds the strong man and frees his captives. It binds the strong man and frees his captives. Say it binds the strong man and frees his captives. Now, Mark chapter 23 verse 27. The Bible says no man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man. So the first work is to bind the strong man. But between the unsaved and the devil, the devil is stronger. So the devil is a strong man to the unsaved. There are many people who wish they were in church today who are not here. There is a strong force that is withholding them. Bind the strong man. He says we must first bind the strong man. Satan keeps sinners in bondage the same way Pharaoh kept the children of Israel in bondage. When Moses came and said it's time for you to go. Look at what Pharaoh said. Exodus chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Afterward, Moses went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord, God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness, or that they might serve me. Look at verse 2. He said, And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord? That I should obey his voice. I will not, I will not, I know not the Lord. Neither will I let Israel go there is a brother you are trying to bring to church and it's becoming difficult. It's not easy. You think it's so easy for him. It's not easy. The kind of battles that are going on in the realm of the spirit, the kind of things that are resisting his advance or response to the gospel, you have no idea. So, when you leave it at the realm of invitation, you are just joking. You have to contend. Some of them come once and they don't want to come again. It's not that they don't want to come. They know that life in Christ is better than life out there. They are not happy in the world. Drinking is not what they have chosen to do. Humanizing is not the best thing they can think of doing. Corruption is not natural with them. But they cannot resist it. It's not easy for them. But something is controlling them. And that thing must be broken. And that one can only be broken on the altars of prayer. When we pray the strong man's Hold over their lives is broken. So, prayer binds the strong man and frees his captives. All souls that are ordained to be saved this month and this year, I see the grace of God and the anointing of God freeing them from satanic camp in the mighty name of Jesus. Number two, prayer reveals the blindfolding veil of Satan to the gospel from the unsaved. You know Satan blinds people? He pulls a veil on their faces. And it's not this transparent wedding veil that without removing, you can even see the face of the person. No. Satan puts a very thick veil that blinds people. They know drinking alcoholism would destroy their liver, but they are blinded to the destructive effect of alcohol on their, on their lungs and on their liver. So they keep on drinking. They know they could contract a strange disease. And died prematurely, but Satan has blinded them, and he has blinded them in the name that sex is fun. So they 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 are not free, they are blinded, and they continue. The Bible says, For if our gospel be hid, second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. He said, For if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. The gospel is good news, but unbelievers don't see it as good news, they think it's bondage now so how do you feel how do you enjoy yourselves all this chatting is there no pleasure in it the field is bondage. but because they are blinded the bible said it is because they are hate, they are lost but verse 4 for the god in whom the god of this world have blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of christ Who is the image of God who sign unto them? John 12 verse 39 and 40. He says, therefore they could not believe because that Isaiah said, John 12, 39 and 40. That Isaiah said again, he had blinded their eyes. 40. He had blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should hear them. Number three as I close, prayer. Creates opportunities to share the gospel. Stops all opposition to the gospel. And allows the gospel to free freely and fruitfully. Somebody say freely and fruitfully. Prayer what? Create opportunities. Somebody say create opportunities. You see? The person you are praying for. An opportunity will come for you to lead the person to Christ. Anybody you pray for. Pray for someone, you are creating an opportunity in the realm of the spirit. You are creating a climate of salvation around the person. Every time you begin to concentrate, if it's your father, if it's your classmate, if it's a friend, if it's a relative, you begin to pray for consistently, you create an atmosphere. You may not be the one to preach the gospel to them, but God will send someone to go preach to them. So it creates an opportunity and then stops all oppositions to the gospel. Every time a door of opportunity is open, Satan also raises adversaries. Paul said, a great door and effectual has been opened unto me, and there are many adversaries. Satan opens adversaries. All kinds of excuses. We are told in the book of Acts 13, verse 7. Acts 13. Paul was preaching to a man there. Acts 13, verse 7 to 12 which was the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Paul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elymas the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Can you see that? Somebody wants to get saved. Another person is presenting the gospel and then Satan sends an agent And his business is to throw confusion around. If you have ever been on the street preaching to people, you would have encountered one of such people. You meet them and you are preaching and one of them particularly when you meet people in a group. So when you are preaching, you go out and reach out to people. If you can't capture the attention of all the group at once, single one individual out and deal with him. Because when you begin to deal with the group, Satan easily raises one of the people. Then he begins to make all kinds of silly jokes, funny jokes, and they will not concentrate and focus. One of them was a sorcerer. He was seeking to turn him away from the faith. And Paul cast him. Everyone that will seek to interfere with our various engagements and outreaches this month, they shall not be spared by God. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Prayer also allows the gospel to flow freely. When you pray, when you step out, God shows you what to say. He tells you what to say. Sometimes you are prepared to say certain things. But when you meet the person, you see that the condition is different. And right at that moment, the Holy Ghost begins to guide you on how to do it right. Stand on your feet this morning. And pray for lost souls. You are praying and say, Lord, let the nations be touched with the gospel any nation on earth today where the gospel of Jesus is not new let the nations be rich with the gospel open your mouth and we speak to God Rako Takaba China you can pick any of the flags here any, look here, any of the flags on, on on this you can pick any of them and pray with them for the salvation of those nations Iran Iraq Rako Segre Rako Pakistan, lambadiko Diko bahata, redoko se sese, agu sheketa gaba, reko taka pandi se. Abrande koteka. Mali 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 mali. Roko se Teke, Bokina faso. Yago shagalabatakaba. Repote kalibo sembedekeya. Makushendeba. lia Rokas. In Jesus might name. In Jesus' mighty name, lift up your right hand with me. Father, we lift up our hands for the salvation of the nations. We pray for the salvation of the nations. We bring close nations to you. China to you. India to you. Let the gospel have permission into those nations. In the name of Jesus, let closed doors be open to those nations. And let laborers be released into those nations. Thank you for the salvation of Mali. Thank you for the salvation of Burkina. Thank you for the salvation of Northern Ghana. We thank you for the salvation of the nations. In Jesus' mighty name.
0: Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of other messages as well as books by Pastor Afuaqua, please call 20 5790 or 27 5790 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook and Twitter. You can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our two English services, 6.30 to 8 a.m. fair service, 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. second service, and on Tuesdays for our word encounter service, 6 to 8 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nana Ejakuma plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station Santa Se Runabout Kumase Ghana. God richly bless you. In one word. One word.